Welcome to Pitchside Perspective Podcast with your hosts Stuart Sharples and Jack Colazar. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Pitchside Perspective Podcast. We hope you enjoyed last episode with our first guest of the series, but today's episode is all about Champions League. The Champions League is back next week and we're going to share our predictions through the groups and share our predictions on who might be the standout players this season. How's it going, Jack? Uh, good. Looking forward to uh, the end of the international break and getting the uh, clubs back together and out playing. And definitely looking forward to the start of the Champions League too, seeing the best players in the world competing. What a way to come back. Premier League this weekend, Champions League during the week. We're uh, we're ready for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, good from England to beat Scotland, but pretty predictable. But I thought they played well in that game. Ukraine game, maybe not so much. Um, obviously, already questions over Southgate. He's got a lot of talent to work with that we saw on the international break. So we'll see what happens there. But definitely glad for the Premier League and Champions League to be back. Yeah, no, definitely. So uh, what's your, uh, your beer of choice this week? So I've gone back to... One of mine, and I think your favourite breweries, Victory. And uh, we're on the Brotherly Love Hazy IPA. Not normally a IPA guy, but this one's pretty good. And Victory always does a good job with, with all the types of beer that they make. So back yeah. to Victory. I think it's already been mentioned on the podcast before. Good brewery. Yeah, we do love it down there. Um, I've also gone for an IPA. I've gone for a Sierra Nevada, a hazy little thing, IPA. Um I can stand some IPAs when they're a little bit too strong. I don't really like them, but this one, uh, this one's okay. Um, Sierra Nevada always do a good beer. So uh, family owned as well. Got to support the local families. Are they local? Are they? It says um, on the can family owned. So I'm just going to go with that. Okay. But uh, yeah, I've actually, uh, I've got another question for you. Here just we go. To get your brain ticking again and listeners, you can join in. Are you ready? Yeah, I, I wasn't great on the first time. We did this, so hopefully I can do better this time. Well, this one you've got six opportunities because the question is, there are six Englishmen to have scored in the Champions League final. And what I'm saying in terms of Champions League, Champions League from 93 onwards. So six Englishmen have scored in the Champions League final. Have a little think, and then at the end we'll come back, see if you can get all six or hopefully at least just one. And to clarify for myself and the listeners... Not including penalty shootouts? Not including penalty shootouts in the regulation game. Okay, in the 90 minutes. Okay, yeah. Okay, so have a little wrap around that. Listeners, have a think as you're uh, you're listening along. But we're looking for six Englishmen to score in the Champions League final. Okay, and we'll come back at the end for the answers. Yep, best of luck. And then next week, surely it's my turn to ask the question. Well, about time you pull your thumb out. <laughs> right, go on then. So let's start with uh, Group A. Um, definitely an interesting group. We got uh, we got my team in there. We got Bayern, Man United, Copenhagen, and Galatasaray. Um, and what a way to start the Champions League: Bayern versus Man United. Yeah, I'm sure it brings back good memories for you in the uh, Bayern Munich, Manchester United Champions League final. One of the uh, the old time finals that one, at least from a Man United perspective. I, I can see Man United not making it out of the group, especially the way they're playing and the state they are in with injuries and everything else going on. They've got to go to Galatasaray, which 
whatever you want to say about Galatasaray, it's not an easy place to go and play. It's not an easy atmosphere to play in. Champions League nights there and not a not a nice place to be for the away team. Yeah, I uh, I look at the Galatasaray Stadium and the fans. That would be very intimidating as a player. Um, but I think you're right in terms of some tough away games. Obviously, first game going into Bayern. I honestly can't see United getting anything out of that game. Going to Galatasaray, I can see us losing away from home. So I think you could be right in terms of maybe that Europa League plays that third spot. I can see us Copenhagen coming bottom and I can see Bayern coming top. I think it's a mix-up then, right, between Man United and Galatasaray. Yeah, I agree. Bayern won, Galatasaray, uh, Copenhagen four. I think Galatasaray just pull it out and grab the second place, maybe goal difference. Um, both beat Copenhagen, both lose to Bayern. Man United scrape a home win, but lose by more on the away to return leg. Well, I'm going to go with my heart. I'm saying United just pip in at second place. Okay. But uh, yeah, Harry Kane coming back. I think Harry Kane is uh, definitely one to look out for this season, being surrounded by a star-studded team at Bayern. Um, I think really him and Haaland are going to com- be competing for the top goalscorer award for Champions League. Yeah, and I think Kane does he have a point to prove at playing against Manchester United. You know, the fact that Man United didn't open the checkbook and do everything possible to sign him was a puzzling one to me. And maybe Harry Kane might have something to say about that when it comes to... Uh, to the match, I'm sorry, we're looking forward to scoring goals against Man United. Um, yeah, Haaland, Kane, they're the, they're the two obvious ones you'd look for the Golden Boot Award. Yeah, and it's looking at the odds actually on Opta, Bayern Munich are second favourites to win Champions League this year. And I think they're always there or thereabouts every year. In the last few years, they might have struggled towards the end of the the tournament. But uh, yeah, Bayern Munich are in second place to win the tournament this year. I would I would have him going quite far, to be honest. Yeah, I think they're, they're a club that's all about winning trophies, aren't they? So there's no surprise that they'll be in there towards the end. Um, not my predicted winners, but certainly they'll be in or around it. Yeah, I think you got to think about probably at least semi-finals. I think Harry Kane going in definitely gives them more firepower, right? And... Uh, I think that's some shrewd business by the, the Bayern Munich people. But, yeah. Yeah, good uh, good opening fixtures there for sure. So then moving on to Group B, uh, Sevilla, Arsenal, PSV and uh, Lons. Um Arsenal have locked out there, haven't they? That's an easy group. Uh, I think maybe the easiest group, yeah. Sevilla, the, they do... It's just one of those clubs that always seem to be able to grab wins points when they need them um, but I would expect Arsenal to win the group I'm going to go with Sevilla second place PSV third and Lons in fourth yeah I think Sevilla almost want to be in the Europa League it seems like the Europa League is their tournament that they thrive in um, but uh, yeah I think Arsenal have got away with murder here um, PSV aren't what they used to be Lons are a nothing club in France um, no offence, but uh, yeah, I think you can see Arsenal and Arteta maybe rotating his squad there because if Arteta is going to mount a serious title challenge, he's not going to be able to play every single player in every game. So maybe those games against PSV, against Lons, he's, uh, he's resting a few players. 
Potentially. I think it depends on how the league run goes and which one looks more of a realistic opportunity for silverware, doesn't it? If it gets towards the end of the season and they're way off it, but they're still in the Champions League, then they can prioritise that. Uh, I do think Arsenal will go quite far. I think they'll breeze through the group and then I expect them to go quite far. But where would you rank? So I've got all the stats here of who they've uh, put in the odds favourites. Where would you put Arsenal in terms of odds of winning? Uh, I I guess within their squad, there's a bit. Of, maybe they look at it as a little bit inexperienced, maybe a little, a little bit of a lack of squad depth, but I'm going to say top five. Yeah, so they've actually been ranked as uh, the third likely winners to win a Champions League. When I saw it today, I was quite shocked that they're in third place to win it. When you when you got to consider the likes of Real Madrid and Inter Milan, who were there last year, and all of a sudden Arsenal have pipped all of them and they're in the third place to try and go and win the Champions League. Yeah, again, I don't have them as winners, but I I would put them in the top five for sure. Um, yeah, and it, it helps when they have a group like that. I'm sure when they saw that group, it only shortened the odds as well. Yeah, I'm sure Arsenal fans were rubbing their hands together at those ones. Um, but then, all right, then moving on to Group C. I think this is an interesting group, you know. Napoli, Real Madrid, Braga and Union Berlin. Um, I saw a little bit of Union Berlin last year in Europe and they were kind of a team that you would think shouldn't be good, but they actually performed very well. Um, I can see them maybe pushing, but I still think Napoli and Madrid are too strong for those two teams to argue about third and fourth place. Yeah, I, I'm, I find it a less of an interesting group, to be honest. I think it's pretty obvious. Real Madrid top, Napoli second, uh, Braga, Union Berlin, they can argue about who wants to finish third and fourth. Do you think it's that obvious that Madrid are going to top it over Napoli? I think Napoli could go for a run here. For me, yeah, it's Real Madrid. I have I have Real Madrid as my team that I think is going to win it all. I used to remember watching Madrid right in the Champions League, that iconic white kit, and like when they came to when they came to Old Trafford and Ronaldo scored, I think he got the hat trick, and the United fans were clapping him off. You just whenever you think of Real Madrid, right, you think Champions League. Champions League, it wasn't just the white kit, it was like it was always shiny as well. Yeah. It was like a shiny white kit. And I remember like before then, was there, I'm sure there was, a, there was a match between Man United and Real Madrid at Old Trafford and they, and both teams were banging goals in. I don't know what it finished, like five four or something silly. And they had like R nine playing and scoring goals and Man United were and it was like it was almost like a basketball game, just both teams just all out attack and uh, it was probably what, late nineties, something like that, and it was it was such a good game. One of those games that gets played back on kind of Sky Sports Classics or whatever they we want to call it now. It was unbelievable. That Real Madrid team. Yeah. The, the Galacticos. Yeah. Name that for a reason. Raul, yeah. Morientes, and then you had Guti and Zidane and Roberto Carlos. And yeah. Unreal. No wonder they've won it the most times. I, I, I don't know. I just almost have a little bit of a love for Real Madrid in terms of the Champions League. I, uh, I hope they go far. Um, they're actually yeah. You might be right there. Maybe I am probably uh, definitely affected with kind of heart overhead in terms of if you said to me what's my favorite team outside of England, then it would be Real Madrid. Interesting. Is that just from like growing up? You think? Yeah, probably just watching those Champions League nights. Always, you know, that just exciting players. Exactly, and I think for a lot of English people get split when they look at Spanish soccer, they get split between are you a Barcelona fan or a, or a Real Madrid fan? 
probably younger generations, it's basically came down to are you a Messi fan or a Ronaldo fan. But I think before that, there was still a divide of people kind of filed themselves, are you Madrid or Barcelona? Yeah, I think for me growing up, I was similar to you, that Madrid fan. And when we lost David Beckham and he went to Madrid, I, I was upset and sad, obviously, as a kid. But like going then to Real Madrid, I'm like, yeah, Real Madrid are like, that's where you want to end up. And like you look at all these players, if they're in England, they want to go and play for Real Madrid or like a Barcelona. Well, I mean, but... It's the one club I would say that's acceptable to leave a top Premier League club to. If you're playing for Man City right now or I'll Chelsea. Harland. Well, maybe not Chelsea, but Man City right now, even Man United, Liverpool, maybe Arsenal, although if, if you want to put them in that same bracket of size of club. You don't leave to go to an Italian club. You don't leave to go to a German club. You know, Harry Kane, like, you don't go to Bayern Munich. You go to Real Madrid. That's the one club you're allowed to go to outside of the Premier League. Well, like, look at who they signed this summer. Jude Bellingham, right? Jude yeah. Bellingham, I'm sure, had every single top team in the world with a contract right on that table saying, join us, join us. He, he went for a tour of Old Trafford when he was back at Birmingham. And Fergie took him around, um... You had Man City knocking on his door, Chelsea, but he's chosen to go to Real Madrid for a reason. It's not the money. It's and you look at how well Jude Bellingham started. As he is going to be, I think, the best midfielder in the Premier uh, in in the world for the next ten years. Yeah, something about him in that Real Madrid number five shirt as well, and him just breezing past players. It's just very Zidane like, isn't it? I like bit that of a bit, of... bit of a bit of a hair. Bit of a better hairline, but definitely a better hairline. Looks the part, looks the part already. He's got that swagger about him as well. Like he's prepared to like muck in and get a bit chippy as well. And he's not he's not a pretty player. He he can do it all. I I think he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's competitive for sure. So Real Madrid to win the group, and my favourites to win the whole thing as well. Group D. So Group D, um, I would say kind of a boring group almost. Benfica. Inter Milan, RB Salzburg, and uh, Real Sociedad. Um, I have a little bit of a soft spot for Real Sociedad. I, I, from going to San Sebastian a few times, um, a beautiful area, and uh, going to their stadium, which is a cool stadium. I hope they, I hope they push on, but I don't see them being strong enough. Um, RB Salzburg, I would pay close attention to them just because it always seems like. They have one or two young players that always end up popping up and ended up with a big move at the end of the season. So it's almost interesting to see who RB Salzburg are developing this year. I mean, I would say I think Inter Milan breeze through, finish first, but I think between the other three, there's some good competitive games there. Yeah, I think it's a toss-up. I don't think you can guarantee anyone in second, third or fourth place. Um, and you would say as well, I always sometimes look at it as a like a travel perspective. Like they're all fairly local countries, so you can't really look at it saying, "Oh yeah, well so and so has to travel way more than another team." That they're all fairly local. Um, Inter Milan, I don't think they'll do as good as last year, um, getting to the final. But yeah, I think they're easy to get through. You would probably put your money towards Benfica going in at second spot over the other two, but you never know, right? Yeah, I would go with Inter Milan, and then just to mix it up a little bit, I'm going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works and say Real Sociedad, Real Sociedad to get second place. Nearly had a bit of me then, can't pronounce anything. 
Bird who are you going for? Inter and who? I will go Inter and Benfica. I think Benfica would just pip it just at the end. Boring. I am boring. Uh, moving on to Group E. Uh, we have Feyenoord, Atletico Madrid, Lazio and Celtic. Um, again, I think this is a very similar group to Group D. You've got teams that are all there or thereabouts. I think your standout is obviously Simeone's uh, Atletico Madrid. He's a four-four-two box standard aggressive play. The only thing that winds me up about Atletico Madrid is I remember playing them the other year, and they're a bunch of wind-up merchants. You blow on them, they're falling over, and Simeone's like that as well, and they just aggravate the hell out of me. Yeah, but it was Simeone who got Beckham sent off, right? I haven't seen it in England. No, that was uh, Pochettino. Oh, okay. But he was he w- he would have been involved, yeah. Um, but he, I, it, the wind-up starts from him, right? I, it's one of those, right, where if you're in that team, you'll love it. But yeah, I don't, I, it's hard to watch. I mean, just them generally, I mean, it's hard to watch and it's a team you like. Whoever they play against, you end up supporting the team that they're playing against. So like when they play Feyenoord, I have no interest in Feyenoord, but I'll be wanting Feyenoord to win because it's just very easy to dislike Athletic Madrid. Yeah, and I, I kind of look at Lazio as well from my childhood days. I don't know about you, but they used to be like the Italian games on Channel 4 early Sunday morning. Um, and Lazio always used to be on. Obviously, you had like Gaza there and you said <laughs> some iconic players playing at Lazio. So maybe they could push it. Um, although we do dislike Atletico Madrid, I see them winning the group. And I think Celtic, Lazio, Feyenoord could all push it. I think Celtic probably have the slimmest of chances. Um I don't know, I always see Celtic as they talk a good game saying, Oh yeah, we should we got we should be good and whatever it is. They'll end up fourth. They'll end up being knocked out. Yeah. My Lazio player I always think about is Ravinelli. Remember him? Yeah. Bruno, it, yeah. He went Ravinelli. to Middlesbrough, right? Yeah, him and Janino. Yeah. Unbelievable. But yeah, Celtic fourth, I think Scotland kind of got embarrassed a little bit as a league with the whole Europa League and, and those European games that have been going on already where they've been getting beaten up a little bit. It kind of just highlights the the weakness of the Scottish League, mainly down to the financial side, I guess. They just don't have the money to bring in the top talents. Um, and their best players get poached by English clubs. It's, you know, it's tough for those Scottish teams. Um, I know this is off topic, but if you if you obviously Celtic and Rangers are the the top two teams in Scotland, if they got put into the Premier League and there was a twenty two teams um, season, where would you put Rangers and Celtic finishing? Uh, fighting for rele- to avoid relegation. Yeah, I agree. I think they speak about oh yeah they should be maybe coming south of the border, but they're big clubs in their own rights, but they're nowhere near what a Premier League team is. But it's, if, I think if you drop them into the championship, it's not a given they get promoted. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but uh, the championship is a hard, uh, hard league to get out of. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, from, so Atletico won on the final two, Lazio three, Celtic four. The only switch I'm going to make is final and Lazio. I see Lazio going through. Um, final, I think. <clears throat> They'll be okay, but uh, I see Lazio pipping them to second spot. 
moving on, this is the group right here, isn't it? Group F. This is where all eyes are going to be on for the next eight weeks or so. What the, a group. The winner, the winner of the Europa League is in this group. Uh, interesting statement there, Jack. So whichever teams, whichever the team is that doesn't make it through but gets dropped into the Europa League wins the Europa League, I think. All right, put your put yourself in the shoes of a Geordie fan. You're in the Toon Army. Would you rather Newcastle made first and second and got through maybe to quarterfinals, or Newcastle come third and make it all the way and win the Europa League? That's a tough one. What would you rather? I don't know because you got to imagine Champions League nights at St. St. James's Park are surely going to be unbelievable. But winning the Europa League is big because you got to think people as well. Undermine it. I think it's probably. I think people underrate winning the Europa League a little bit. I guess. Well, that's that's the thing as well. Like you got to think, you go and win the Europa League. You're in the Champions League next year. And if you go back a few episodes, we said potentially Newcastle might not make Champions League spots. Yeah, good point. Guaranteed Champions League next year as well. So in a league where it's hard to qualify for Champions League, that is a very valuable thing. I tell you what, though the uh, Newcastle centre mid Tonali going back to Milan, that'll be uh, an event. Yeah, I think he'll get good reception. So he he didn't seem to want to leave, to be honest. But I, I yeah, from 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 what you're saying there, I, I'm you convinced me that I'm a Newcastle fan. If you're guaranteeing me that I win the Europa League if I finish third, then I'm still not sure if I take it or not. <laughs> so isn't I think I do. I think I do. I think I, I think yeah. I think you've got to take the silverware over getting into the quarterfinal of Champions League. So I think we're both in agreement that Eddie Howe has done an unbelievable job at Newcastle, right? But if you're trying to get in Champions League year after year, let's say they do it, or Europa, and is he the manager with the experience enough to keep progressing them in the Champions League that in five years' time he can go and win the Champions League with Newcastle? Well, I think this year is a big year for him. If he finishes top four again, if they make out of this group, he's staying, right? He's he's definitely proven his worth. If they finish fourth in this group and don't finish in the top four, I think they move on and grab. If there's a big name available with experience in Europe and in the top, top levels, then I think they move on and pull someone in. Yeah, I think uh, Eddie Howe's got definitely a tough job. Everyone says, oh, he has the unlimited transfer budget, but I think he's got the expectations sometimes from the the Newcastle fans can be quite intimidating. Um, and I think I think he'll do well to get out of this group. I think if they get into third place, I think Geordie fans will appreciate it as well. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is, you know, if they win, lose or draw, what are the games like? Are they going are Paris coming to town and just turning them over? 3-0 or is it a real good matchup when it's a battle and even if they lose 3-2 but it's a great game something like that for me I have Paris 1 Milan 2 Newcastle 3 Dortmund 4 yeah I think Dortmund are definitely the worst of the bunch here um, I think they they're okay but I think they've uh, they've lost a couple of players over the summer I was looking um, Milan I think Milan are 50-50. Some days they're on it, some days they're off it. Like There's been a few seasons where they've really dropped off and there's been a few seasons. I mean, you look back at, for me, one of the biggest moments in Champions League, right? The the Liverpool-Milan game back in 05. Like, that's when Milan were 
unreal. Yeah, I think they've never really reached those heights since that kind of period. But for me, Dortmund, they've lost good players. Interesting comments come out, I think, from Bellingham or around that group about the mentality there isn't necessarily the winning mentality that you see at Bayern. And maybe that's why they can't quite catch them. They don't know if they have, as a club, that mentality. You know, they're very much about developing players and they seem to move them on. They don't necessarily go all out to win trophies in the same way that Bayern do, you know. Um, and it's obviously hard to compete with them financially. PSG, I think just with people like, you know, just that extra bit of quality gets them into first place. Milan, maybe it's experience. Maybe it's just that um, kind of culture of being in Europe and knowing how to win European matches is why I think they pipped second place ahead of Newcastle. The only thing I would say with PSG, they have lost Neymar. Mbappe, does he really want to be there? Could this be a time that Dortmund, Milan and Newcastle can kind of exploit PSG? Yeah, maybe, but I'm a big believer in when these players are, you know, whatever's going on away from the field, does he want to be there or not? If it's a Champions League game and there's 80,000 people in the crowd and you're Mbappe, you, you walk on that field and you do everything to win the match, regardless of what else is going on. So, yeah, I've got... Paris one, Milan two, Newcastle three, Dortmund four. Yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna agree with you. Um I hope Newcastle get out. Um but also part of me being a Man United fan, if they do end up in Europa League, having that Thursday night schedule will make it tough on them getting that top four spot. So I do think uh Newcastle have to tread carefully, especially if they I think Eddie Howe has to kind of size up. What does he want to do? Does he want to throw his hammer towards the league or does he want to go 50-50 and try and excel in the Champions League as well? So Yeah, and depending on what happens, maybe January transfer window comes and you see them. I know it's not normally the time to do big business, but maybe Newcastle break the ball down and do some big business. Yeah, I think their business maybe determines if they've made it into second or first spot, maybe that might bring in some big-name players. Potentially. Yeah. Might get might get a few of those uh, Saudi Arabia based players coming back over. I don't think there's any big names there that get into Newcastle team. I think there was there was rumours going around. I don't know how true it was, right? That Ronaldo had a clause that he could go and play for Newcastle based on <laughs> Champions League. I don't think they want him. I wouldn't want him if I were them. Not now. Can you imagine how many shirts you're selling though? Not enough. <laughs> uh, Group G, pretty simple, right? Well, yeah, I think uh, Man City are going to struggle in this group. Blimey, they... Uh, struggle to keep the score down. Man City have obviously paid off UEFA for FFP and they've paid them off for an easy draw here. Are you I'll trying to like... suggest that Man City bend the rules? Well, well I'm, I would never say that. I would never suggest that Man City get away with murder year on, year out. Well, Look, we'll at, look at that group. Young boys are... Um, Belgrade Red Star and RB Leipzig. Yeah, but you know they are. Yeah, they definitely got lucky here. But honestly, no matter what group you put them in, you're backing them to come first anyway. So, yeah, you reckon maximum points? Then City won't drop a point. Yeah, maximum points. They have the squad depth as well. It's like just rotate, put any eleven you want out. So here we go. Put the reserves out, and they've still got the strongest team in the group. Will Man City? Do a back-to-back Champions League win. Well, like I say, Real Madrid are my pick to win it. 
So you're saying Man City won't win the Champions League this year? They're not good enough? I never said they weren't good enough. But... Well, you said Real Madrid are going to win it, which means Man City aren't good enough to win it. There's a lot of teams that are good enough to win it, but you can only pick one of them, and I'm picking Madrid. So, But you're confirming Man City this year will not win the Champions League? My prediction is Real Madrid will win the uh, Champions League. Man City will make it far. Arsenal will make it far. Um, who else? Well, what what is what does make it far mean? A Man City making the final, semi final? It depends who you meet when when you meet other teams on the way, doesn't it? I think the only team Man City lose to a Real Madrid and Arsenal and in to Milan, who push them all the way in the final. Yeah, if you're a Man City fan, are you maybe taking your foot off the gas, going, you know what, I've got my Champions League medal. Well, I don't really need another one. Take it easy. Whereas last year, right, they had that hunger, that desire to to go and win it, to go and win that treble. Yeah, again, I don't think that could... It looks similar to the Mbappe thing. I just don't think that's a thing. I don't think you win one Champions League and then go like, well, I don't want another. You, The whistle blows. It's a game of football. You're competing. Interestingly, though, Group H has a team that typically is always in the conversation when it comes to Champions League winning, but we haven't mentioned. Barcelona? That's right. Well, Barcelona, I, I find them quite interesting. I think they're, I think they've turned a corner. I think they spent the last couple of years struggling, but they have one of the youngest squads. I was looking today, 25.4 is the average age of their team. They've got a 16-year-old starting games. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that a 16-year-old. And 07, we coach kids that are 2007 born and the same age, the same equivalence of a human being is starting for Barcelona. That is mind-blowing. Well, it, yeah. I mean, just thinking about walking out on that field at 16 must be, must be something. But fortunately, the group they have Looks pretty straightforward for them, so I think he might get. Uh, I think he might get run out in the Champions League as well. Well, yeah. He, so this uh, the kid that we're referring to, Lamine Yamal. Can you so, say that again for me? Lamine Yamal. That was an okay. easier one for me to pronounce. That. <laughs> um, so he made his Spanish debut this week and scored on his debut. So he's 16 years old, scores on his debut for Spain. He's starting games for Barcelona. But then you've also got the likes of like Gavi and you've got other players like Balde, the left back. Such a young team. And then you've got Lewandowski as their striker. So you have that that mix of experience as well. I don't see Barcelona going super far, but I think give it another year or two, they'll be back really pushing top teams across Europe. Um, yeah, I hope so, because I think you want like five, six unbelievable teams in the Champions League, don't you? You don't want it to be the same team winning it every year or even the same four teams in the semi-finals. So um, it's only a good thing for the tournament, for Barcelona to, to regain their strength. The only thing I would say about this group, I always find that every team that goes to Shakhtar always struggle. But like just playing in that, that environment, I, th- I believe as well they have a like a 3G turf field as well. And a lot of teams don't like playing on that on that pitch. So that could definitely throw a spanner in the works. I mean, you've got Antwerp making their debut in the Champions League for the first time. 
I don't may I don't really see them getting a single point to be honest. No offense to them. Like enjoy your enjoy the ride along, but yeah, this might be your one and only time. Porto for me, a hit and miss. Some years they're unbelievable and they have some good talent. Some years they're they're poor. Um I don't know. I think this, this group could go any way between Barcelona, Porto and Shakhtar. I think uh Yeah. I, I think the one thing with Shakhtar is I think they're actually playing their home games in Hamburg due oh, to yeah. the the things that are going on in Europe right now. Okay, so that definitely throws in but then saying that what that definitely throws a spanner in because is there gonna be fans at the at the ground? Is there going to be true fans? So maybe then that's a that's an upper leg for Porto. Yeah, I mean, I, you would think that would lessen the home advantage for sure. All right, so for me, I go Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar, Antwerp. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so that's kind of looking at the group stage. If we were to look maybe further ahead of that, you so you've mentioned your winners for this year would be Real Madrid. That's right. Why do you why Real Madrid over Bayern over Arsenal City? Why why Real Madrid for you? Well, I think, well, I think the the big question is why Real Madrid over Man City. My answer is it's very hard to win the Champions League two years in a row. Uh, not many teams have done it. I think Real Madrid have done it. Not sure who else. Um, Real Madrid have the history. They have the nous. They know what it takes to win Champions League trophies. They have the squad. They have who I think is the most exciting player in the Champions League, in Jude Bellingham. So it's a, it's really a combination of class and quality, I think. And also a little bit of just favoritism that I, I do have a bit of a soft spot for Real Madrid as well. Unless Huddersfield are in the Champions League, you're always going to go for Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, although I, I always... I do like English clubs doing well in Europe. I always support English clubs in Europe. Um, but any competition, I, I prefer not to see the same team winning it over and over. So I'm going Real Madrid for that reason. I think they're I think they're just a better team than other teams like Bayern Munich and Arsenal and people like that, as well as having the experience and the nous of how to win the tournament. Yeah, no, I think I think look. It pains me to say, but it is hard to look past Man City. I hope they don't win it because I don't want to see any more glory going their way. For me, then, it's a toss-up between Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. Um, I think Kane definitely does make a huge factor for Bayern Munich. Um, but then Real Madrid... The trouble, my issue with Real Madrid, they don't have a number nine. And we we said it last week, right, about the Premier League. They lost Benzema... They haven't quite replaced them. They got Rodrigo. But then saying that, if they can get goals from the likes of Jude Bellingham, who keeps chipping up with a goal from midfield, they'll be fine. I know Vinny Jr. is uh, is currently out and he'll be coming back. But uh, maybe in January, then Real Madrid need to go and invest in a in a forward. Yeah, I think Bellingham, uh, after scoring against Scotland, I think that was 10 goals in nine in his past nine games, for, including club and country for Bellingham now. Um yeah, again, why will Real Madrid not throw in the checkbook for Harry Kane? Um, I think that would have been unbelievable if they signed him. And that would have definitely sealed them as favourites to win the Liga and Champions League. If you're Harry Kane, would you have gone to Bayern or Madrid? 
Madrid and anyone who says Bayern is wrong. Why? Where do you want to live? Munich or Madrid? What club has the biggest pull? Real Madrid, I think, is the biggest club in the world. Where would I rather live? It's a toss-up between a meaty sausage and some tapas. Okay. Well, all right. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go... F- I, I, yeah, it's just, it just is Real Madrid. You've already talked about, you know, those the iconic unif- uh, jerseys, the stadium. It's just been redone as well. The stadium looks unbelievable at the Bernabeu. He's doing it with the retractable pitch as well, where the pitch can get lowered, and that's crazy. Yeah, all sorts going on. Um, it's just, it just it, like I said, it's just that's the club to that's the club that's the club you want to be at. All right, well, I'm not going to go the same as you because I don't want to be boring. So I'm going to go with Bayern Munich. Why? Why Bayern Munich? Because I I kind of want to say Real Madrid but I also don't want to because you've said it. So I'm kind of going to go with Bayern Munich. I think the Kane factor is definitely going to play a part. I think they've got a strong squad all round. Um, and they're always there or thereabouts. Yeah, I mean, in terms of number nines, they've got the best one there, haven't they, between themselves and Madrid. What they don't have is a Vinny, Vinicius Junior. junior a yeah, but they've got like Leroy Sane, they've got Gnabry, they've, they've got some talent. I know Vinny Jr. is definitely a good player, but I don't know. That that would be some final, though, Munich versus uh, Real Madrid. Uh, the, the other thing that I, I, sometimes I think about, too, is for Bayern Munich, they have they do have some games in their division, just back in Germany. They're just so easily winnable. And I think it's a positive in terms of they have the opportunity to rest players. But is there also an argument that kind of... Uh, their tools aren't as sharp because they don't have, you know, if you look at the Premier League, like every week is just a grind of a match. And that definitely takes its toll physically. But in terms of being at the peak of your abilities, you're going to be there because you have to be there every week. There's no there's no down weeks. Well, yeah, Bayern Munich wrap up the league by January, don't they? Well, not last year. They waited till the very last minute, but yeah. you know the same for PSG, right? You know they they've got some games there where they just walk up and turn teams over. Um, I think there's positives and negatives to that. As look, as long as Man City don't win it, I don't really care who wins it. All right, so I'm going for Real Madrid. You've got Bayern in terms of who's going to win the Champions League. What about players who have you who have got your your eye on? Well, it's interesting, right? This is the first players. season that we're going to be missing Messi and Ronaldo since 2003-2004. So does that open up some prodigies to come in? Like we've said, we've already said Jude Bellingham, right? Um, for me, the big ones to look at was I've got Jude Bellingham wrote down here. I've got that the 16-year-old of Barcelona, Yamal. I think Harry Kane, and I've said it many times on this episode, Harry Kane will have a big season. Um, but I think... Maybe one that might not be quite heard of is uh, Ramos, Gonzalo Ramos at Benfica. Young striker. He got looked at in the summer by a few top teams. He scored a couple of goals on international du- uh, duty. Yeah, I think he. Uh, he's, I think he's 22. I think he could have a, a good season with Benfica in the Champions League. Yeah, will the battle between Haaland and Kane be the new Ronaldo v Messi? And it'll be just a straight out who scores most goals. Yeah, I think the the argument right between Messi and Ronaldo in terms of ability is 
that's gone. I think now you look at goal scorers, Haaland versus Kane. Go on then, who's your, who's your money on then? Got top goal scorer for Champions League between them two. Uh, you got to look at it as well who's going to. You look at the groups. That's a big thing. Man City got the easier group. Is Haaland going to get more goals in the group stage? Possibly, but does he rest Haaland and play Alvarez up front because of the ease of the games? True. Um, and for that reason, because I think he might, whether it be resting him or subbing him off early, I want to go Kane. Yeah, I think Kane's going to start most of the games, right? For that reason, so yeah. I I reckon Kane could be this season's top goal scorer. Um, any players that are like younger players that you see coming through this year? So one to look out for, I think, is Xavi uh, Simmons, twenty years old, already played a few, got a few caps for Holland. Eyes have been on him for a long time ever since he was a real young, you know, kid. Um, I think he, when he was at Barcelona, um, and then PSG took him from Barcelona. And he's currently on loan at Red Bull Leipzig. Um, so I think he's a good one to look out for. Already scored a couple of goals this season. Um, hopefully he gets some good playing time. Um, my big one is still Jude Bellingham. I think obviously he's a known player in terms of people are aware of him. So it's not a surprise that you know he's a name to look out for. But I just think the extent that he's just going to... I think he's going to be the, the man. I think he's just... I think he's going to take over. Is he going to be as good as Zidane? Probably not. But he's going to... That's the kind of person I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be the one... Like an, an iconic real... I mean, how many... If you're an iconic Real Madrid centre midfielder, that's something. Yeah, I mean, wearing a number five on the back of your shirt is a statement, right? Like Jude Bellingham, for the age he is, coming into Real Madrid... And saying, you know what, give me that number five shirt. That he's got some uh, some big uh, cojones. Well, it's wild, that, right? I think when England played Ukraine, Ukraine, they stuck him out on the left hand side. It's like this guy's bossing centre midfield for Real Madrid. But that was Scott like when they used to Scholes. stick Paul Scholes out on the left hand side. Mental. Yeah. Right now, Jude Billingham's stock is just going up and up and up, and I think it'll continue. And I think he will be seen as. A year from now, I think he'll be seen as the best centre midfielder in the world. Yeah, I don't disagree on you. Um, maybe I'm that's ne- an English bias too. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but I think you're right. He's got everything. He can tackle, he can score, he can dribble. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see more of him uh, this season. But yeah, I'm definitely excited for the Champions League returning next week. Um, it'll be interesting two weeks from now, almost looking back at this episode and seeing uh, seeing whether we're right or wrong at the start of the season. Um, but I'm definitely excited. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think it is the best football competition on the planet. I think it, in terms of the level, it's a higher level of game compared to, you know, a World Cup. I think this is where the best players in the world are at. Uh, and ultimately, that's what everybody wants to watch, right? The best players in the world competing. Especially once you get out of the group stage and you go into those knockout rounds too. Any uh, any kind of iconic memories? Like, what's the when you think of Champions League? What do you think think about? I've got a few in my in mind. Um, I was maybe a little bit too young 
to see the 98, 99. I do remember, I remember like running in and out of the, the living room. My parents keep telling me to, to go to bed. I was probably only, what I've been, maybe seven or eight at that time. Go to bed, go to bed. But I remember catching glimpses of it. Um, and I remember, yeah, that, that, that was iconic. Um, but for me, and the height of it was the the oh seven oh eight season, winning the 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 Champions League, United beating the Chelsea on penalties, um, watching John Terry slip over was priceless. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what about you? Any favourite moments? Uh, the ninety eight ninety nine is probably my first one I can remember going back to. I was allowed to stay up. I was a bit cooler than you, so I was allowed to stay up and watch that game. I remember trying to do a cartwheel in the front room when the second goal went in, uh, watching that with my mum and dad. I would pay to watch you do a cartwheel right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, my cartwheeling days are over. I don't think they ever began. But that was a good one. Obviously, the Liverpool comeback against Milan was unbelievable. Definitely an argument to be had between what was the better comeback from Liverpool against Milan or the Man United against Bayern Munich. Oh, that's an easy argument. Uh, yeah, with your biased mind, it certainly is. Um, Maybe we'll put a poll on social media between those two comebacks, see what the uh, the hundreds of listeners say. Yeah, one one game that always sticks out to me, and I can't remember what the year was, but I think it must have been late 90s, early 2000s. It's a Man United v Juventus knock. It wasn't the final, but it was like a knockout round. And I think it went to, and I think it was 4 3. But I can't even remember who it was to whether it was Man United or Juventus. And I just remember Inzaghi playing for Juventus, I think, at the time. Or, yeah, um, that was definitely a standout for me. Recently, I don't know if I've had those kind of standout moments. There's been a few Champions League finals in the last few years that have been a little bit... I haven't been as entertaining, let's say. I think last year's final wasn't the most entertaining. Um... I think like Champions League finals in the past used to be a, like a boxing fight. Now they're almost like a fencing joust. It's like so tactical and whatnot. Whereas like the, the ones that we grew up with were so exciting. Yeah, Champions League used to be all about attacking football. For I, I always felt like it was two teams who both wanted to go out there and win the match. Whereas now it's almost, especially the final, it's two teams go out there who don't want to lose the match. Yeah, it's definitely a difference in my, it seems in the tactical approach to those finals. Well, let's hope for a change this year. Let's hope for goals galore and uh, some drama going on. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of our preview at the Champions League. Um, I'm excited. It should be good. I'm ready to watch um, and analyse. Um, thank you to everyone recently have, that have subscribed and followed uh, the podcast. I know on social media we're getting a few more follows on there. Please feel free to share it. Um, before we do go, though, Jack... Six yeah. Englishmen to have scored in the Champions League final. The floor is yours. Yeah, I think I've got a half a chance for this one. Much better chance than the last question. So I'm thinking English clubs that were in there. So there's some definites, right? So Teddy Sheringham, 98-99 Cup final, scored the equaliser in injury Correct. time by That's Munich. One. Um, the other one, Gerard scored against Milan in the comeback match. I think he scored the first goal to start the comeback. Two. Um, who else we got? We got Frank Lampard scored in the Chelsea final. Correct. Three. Uh, and then I was starting to try to think about English players that have played overseas. 
So Steve McManum scored a goal that no one ever talks about. They won oh. the final, and he scored the like the Canyon style volley from the edge of the box. It kind of bounced in. YouTube it. Finish. Um, yeah, because there was that little phase where a few English players went to Madrid. It was McManaman and then Owen, I think, and then yeah. Beckham. Uh, oh, there you go, Beckham. Incorrect. Beckham did not score a Champions League final. Wow. How many am I on? I'm on four. You've got, you've got two more to guess. Uh, so Arsenal got to a final, right? Oh, you're getting close. So I'm going for this one's I remember when when you asked me this question, I was I was trying to think about set pieces. Someone must have scored from a set piece like a defender. You've cheated here. No, I haven't. I've because I watched this final and I'm sure Arsenal scored from a corner. So was it was it an Arsenal defender? Well, I, I'm not giving you any clues here. Six Englishmen to score. Who are you going for? You're on uh, the right track. So it would be like a Sol Campbell then, wouldn't it? Sol Campbell is correct. And then Sorry, I'm missing one. You're missing one. And he played for a Premier League team? Premier League team against a Spanish team in 2011. Oh, Man United v Barcelona. Correct. Wayne Rooney. Correct. That is the six Englishman to score in the final. I wonder uh, I wonder how the listeners got on with that one. What was the one I got wrong? Tried to, I tried to get Beckham in there? No. Yeah, Beckham hasn't scored in the final. No, that was a bad call. Yeah, Wayne Rooney should have got that one at the beginning. Yeah. But I am happy with the Sol Campbell one. That was a good shout. I definitely, uh, I'm going to check your Google history. You definitely cheated on that one. If I had cheated, I would have got Wayne Rooney. Uh, yeah, but I think you're good at acting. Okay. Um, next week, I'm bringing the question. So we'll be ready. I'm ready. All right, then. So Champions League back next week. We're back next week with another episode. We thank you again for listening. Please follow, subscribe, and uh, share the love. Um, From myself, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Jack, any last words? No, I think you summed up well. What we really want this year is some entertaining, attacking, fun-to-watch Champions League matches. And on that note, goodbye.